Hashem Hashem Na'asev Na'atziach, we're at the Mesilat Yesharim. And hopefully with Hashem's help we can finish chapter 13. Because uh, we need to get out of the Bar Mitzvah age, if you know what I mean. So this chapter talks about self-control and to abstain. Perishut, abstain from overindulgence in the pleasures of this world. So we continue in the chat, in the paragraph of again. So it says, obviously, Rabbi Lazar, the Gemara is talking about Rabbi Lazar here. Rabbi Lazar was overly cautious, even when he was having intimacy with his wife. Amru al Rabbi Lazar, Shaya Megale Tepach Tepachayim. When he would uncover his clothes, he would reveal one part of his flesh, but covered double of it. Kemisha Kafo Shed. Like he was um, being very, very cautious when he would he would when he would un unclothe himself and have intimacy with his wife, it wasn't like he was a wild animal, you know? At going after his basic instinct. It was done with... Ex- it was Rabbi, I hear, uh, didn't Rabbi Nachman say it's good not to be too strict? Like, you know, you're bringing, like, examples of people that would go to, like, extremes. Um, no, for sure, Elijah. If, if you were, were at the beginning... Elijah, actually, I was talking to my son-in-law about this. So let me make something clear. It's important for every Jew to know that it's very dangerous not to get drowned in ta'ava. In overindulgence, you know, like alcoholism and drugs, you know, or eating too much. Do you know a lot of people that die, it's because they overeat. You know that, right? Maybe. No, it's, it's been scientifically proven. You, you send me all the documentaries. Uh, it's, uh, there's mixed evidence. But, be that as it may, from chapter 13 on is Midat Chasidut, is above the letter of the law. You understand? Okay. Actually, I, I just wanted to, I want to do justice to this. The Maharal says when one is intimate with his wife, he should do it in the most way that it gives her the most pleasure. It should be done in a holy way, but it's a difference of opinion between the Hasidim, Rabbi Lazar, and the Rambam goes like that. But, but the idea that, that we, the Ramchal wants to bring out is, is that just because Rabbi Lazar was being with his wife, he did it with extreme modesty, and he wasn't looking to die of pleasure, you know? Yeah. So, next paragraph, he says, Oh, wow, this is perfect for LA. And the New Yorkers out there, New York, that they love Gucci and Versace. You know, uh, it's it's sad. One of the richest people in the world is the per, per person that owns all these luxury brands. You could buy a normal suit for two, three hundred bucks. They go pay two, three thousand dollars just because it says Versace and Armani. You know the owner of Versace? No, I don't. But the issue here is, Elijah, anywhere in the Torah, does it say, is it forbidden 
Does it say it's forbidden to wear $5,000 shoes or buy a $20,000 Rolex? No. Yes. It doesn't. Where? Yes. Where? Don't be stupid with your money. I'm sorry? The Talmud says you can't be stupid with your money. No, it doesn't. That's not one of the 613 commandments. The Talmud says it doesn't waste your money. For this guy, he has a lot of money. I know, but here, here's the idea. The only time the Torah says is that you're not allowed, your, your clothing do need to be kosher in the fact that you're not allowed to have wool and linen. And for those less observant people out there, if you buy any clothing from Europe, you for sure need to get a check because a lot of it has wool and linen mixed. Over in, over here in LA, if anybody wants to private message me or email me at maorsm, at gmail.com, I can let you know that my good friend and son-in-law's aunt checks to make sure it's kosher. But it says everything is allowed. If you want to, if you technically want to wear uh, $10,000 shoes, $5,000 shoes, and unfortunately such crazy things do exist in the world. People are dying of hunger, but people do ridiculous stuff. No, not in the front row, but in yeah, there's there's uh, Orthodox people that have private jets. Really? Um, of course. Oh yeah, is anyone uh, taking a private jet to Baltimore this weekend? No, no. I'm not okay. me loyal there. But listen, the most biggest abomination that Hashem hates is what? Gaiva, 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 haughtiness. When you're wearing clothing. That's ten times more expensive and extravagant. And I think women should also be listening to this year. When you're, we- when you're wearing the most expensive designer clothing that almost nobody else in the world has, it's almost impossible not to feel gava. You know what I mean? And also, I'm sorry. Anybody knows that women, gold digging women, Run after the the men that have the uh, Rolls Royce and Lamborghini and those other, you know. This is the thing that's destroying our community and causing everybody to go marry shiksas. When some people decide to flaunt their money. Rabbi, you think it's actually the reason people go and marry shiksas? Yeah, because they can't afford Jewish women. But if you have the money, why not be modest and down to earth? And no, 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 no. no. Uh, you, you really think that's the reason people get married to shiksas? One of the reasons, yes. I know for a fact. I know probably three dozen cases personally. That's the reason. That, really? So why don't they just go get married to someone that's uh, more secular? Um, I don't know, go ask them, but, uh, Elijah, let's, let's, do you know, for example, I want to tell you one of the most beautiful Divrei Torahs I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Listen to this. Yeah, that was one of them. This is another one of those top favorites, top fives. The question here is a fundamental question. And that is one of the first, sto- one of the first stories and events that happened in the Torah is the that one brother killed another, right? Cain killed who? 
Hevel. So, the, the, one of the greatest Sephardic rabbis that some, some say that we accept all his rulings like we accept all the rulings of the Shulchan Aruch was called the Chida. Many of the customs we have based on Kabbalah, the Chida instituted. So the Chida says a beautiful question. He says, I don't understand. Hevel, was he a cheapo? No, he brought his best, right? So why did Hevel deserve to die? When, right? He had free choice. Cain had free choice. No, no, no. Hashem could always override anybody's free choice. Hashem could have given... Well, Hashem determined it was his time to go. No, why? The question is why? What do you mean? We don't have a reason why. No, there is a reason why it says in Kabbalah. Because when... It's a midrash. It says that Hevel, when he brought the superior offering to God and it was accepted, he he unfortunately had a little bit of gava. He he was doing it in a way... Do you know how there's always sibling rivalry? So he was going to say, Oh, you're a loser. You got rejected. So, so since he did it with the intention to cause his brother to get jealous, Hashem said, you gotta go. A lot of people don't realize that when your wealth or your stature or your power, you flaunt it and you make people feel inferior, we gave last week a class on Ayn Hara. I don't know if you listened to that about Yosef. But that's one of the reasons Hashem... That's why Hashem takes it away, you know? And it's a very dangerous thing. And I want to let you know, any society and group of people that is obsessed with luxury, 99.9% of the time, their Torah learning and spirituality is garbage. Garbage, garbage, garbage. Because they're so into their nonsense and exterior are, they don't have time to take of their, take care of their precious neshama, which is what? Yeah, those people that want to keep up with the silly and disgusting and low-life Kardashian, that Western society of the Greeks that worships plastic surgery over natural godly beauty, is always going to end up in the gutter. Rabbi, why did Judaism allow for plastic surgery? We, we, had a, we had a shir on that. But let's go further. Rikfar Amruzal... No, so the halachic ruling regarding plastic surgery is like this. You, it's no, no, not halacha. Halacha is very practical. Let's no, 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 Elijah. Rabbi Yosef's case was there was a woman that was was born... With an abnormal, unusually ugly nose. She wasn't getting married. She was 30 years old. She was falling into a deep depression. Rabavadi in that case allowed it. But not like these women that go, there's more plastic in their body than there is natural skin. That's anti-Torah. No, 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 no. In life... Elijah, stop going into this la-la land of not practicality. If people, the Torah is very sensitive to depression and mental illness and to give the woman self-confidence, I want to let you know, I was listening to one of my Rebbe's podcasts, they interviewed him, he's one of the 
Whenever he gave a shear, he was he was like lightning. Rabbi Nisim Kaplan. His father has to, actually used to be a Rebbe in Neri Israel. He was one of the greatest Rebbe's I learned from in the mirror. And he said, listen, it's so easy to make people feel like a million dollars, you know? Give them some really good confidence. Does it cost you any money? No, it costs a few seconds of your time. Why not make it... Every... I know, but Elijah, I'm sorry, you're not Rabobadia. Yosef, stay in your lane. If somebody is not getting married and having depression and it gives them self-confidence to look better, it's okay. But for just because you want to keep up with the Kardashians, that's going to lead to spiritual death and destruction. And the Midrash says, Elijah, one second, let me just finish this paragraph and then I'll... It says, Kedon it says whenever the Yitzhahara sees that um, somebody is constantly obsessed with his hair and his looks and his clothing and he's always combing his hair and he wants to look like he wants to be on the cover of GQ. The Yitzhahara, you know what he says to this person? That guy's mine. That guy's a piece of cake. That person that is obsessed with his exterior looks, I have him in my back pocket. You know why? I want to tell you chidush on this, to explain the words of the Mesila. The Yitzhahara is not the real you. You understand? That's why you could always overcome him. The real you is your neshama, and your Yitzharatov, which is pure and godly. That's why, if you understand the secret, how to beat the Yitzhahara, you're never going to look let that loser and terrorist make you, put you in the gutter and dirty, make your soul. He's going to let, never let you sell your soul to the devil because he's not me. Why should I listen to him? I'm, I'm godly. I'm a piece of God. So once a person worships his body, which is not the real him, he'll fall into the hands of the Satan, which is not the real him. You understand? Because he's exterior. We Jews, the whole battle of Hanukkah, Elijah, was that we Jews worship God and we cherish our, cherish our soul. The Greek's philosophy is worship yourself and cherish your body. But we cherish our soul and worship who? Adonai Melech, Adonai Malach, Adonai Imloch, Leolam Ba'ed. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai. So it says, Oh my God. This was, Hashem made this part of the Mesilat Yishan just for me. Oh my God, I have to, I have to put this in my computer and never forget it. Because Rabbi Netanelli told me this once. He says, Tiul, taking vacations is, is okay, or schmoozing, Taking vacations, like going to the Bahama, uh, yeah. or uh, travel the world in the seven seas, you know. But the, the or you're allowed to schmooze, like not Lashon Hara. Let's say you like to schmooze about the Lakers. Can you explain to me where in the Taiga, in the Torah Tenok forbids that? But the problem is, once you're obsessed with pleasure 
and um, taking vacations, you're not going to have much time learning Torah. And once you're into talking too much, I'm telling you some people, it's so dangerous. Once they start talk, t- talking, it's like a flood, an avalanche. They don't stop talking. And oh, when you start talking too much, have you met people like that, my dear? You know? Yes. So these people automatically, there's going to be some Lashon Hara that comes or some, they're going to try to like show off and say some non-truths, lies, which is the opposite of God. Because we say Hashem Elokechem Emet. And also, um, automatically, inevitably, those people that um, talk too much, what happens over there, unfortunately, is is that they also end up saying Letzanut. My father Zatzal hated Letzanut. You know what Letzanut means? Saying uh, low class, um, you know, just uh, making fun of. Letzanut is whenever you make a fun, some fun of something that's sacred. That's Letzanut. And that's a very, very big sin. So the next paragraph, the Ramchal says, He says, whenever you become addicted and fascinated and attached and connected to physical pleasure, you should know you're playing with fire. He says, Somebody that realizes the danger of physical pleasure, I'm sorry Elijah, but if you, if your Avodah Zara is a fancy house, then what's gonna inevitably happen? If you have a $30,000 mortgage to pay, you're gonna become a workaholic. And you're never gonna learn anything, because you're never gonna see your kids. You're never gonna be a spiritual person. I, You may tell me this is just the innocent fascination with having an indoor and outdoor pool and having a tennis court and having a golf course in the back of your lawn. But the bottom line is, more often than not, those obsession with luxury and pleasure, I'm sorry, people that are traveling 24-7 every month they're on a different continent enjoying their cruise ship their um, their yacht and going on these uh, cruises every other second I'm telling you when they come to the when they meet the piper when they meet God in the heavenly court God is not going to be happy with them because they didn't use their neshama they just were like the Greek philosophy of maximizing their pleasure in this world so it says the Nazir, the Parush, the person that abstains should be applauded because he knows the dangers that come with overindulgence. He, he says, So he says, what's the good, the good Hasid, the good pious person that is abstaining from this world's pleasure? He's doing it. He does, he does, have a wife and he does enjoy the world but what's unnecessary he stays away from because he doesn't want to fall victim to it and waste his whole life on pleasure rather rather than 
doing productive mitzvot and spirituality. You get what I'm saying? You know the person that wrote the entire Mishnayot, his name was Rabbi, Rabbi Yudan Nasi. Before he died, he applauded himself. He was so proud of himself. And he said, God, look at my ten fingers. Even my small pinky, I didn't overindulge with it. Any pleasure that was necessary, I took. But extra pleasure, I didn't take. And the Chida actually writes, these people that have way overboard pleasure in this world, they're actually deducting from their eternal pleasure in the next world. And it says, he says, um, Rabbi Yudha Anasi was a super wealthy person. And he was like a prince. And princes do have overindulgent and extravagant and magnificent stuff. Because the Gemara Navodah Zara, page Yudalif 11 says, uh, Rabbi Yehuda was like the twin soul brother of Antoninus. And they always had lettuce, right? At that time, romaine lettuce was a delicacy in Israel. But on the table of Rabbi and Antinonus, which was the king, the emperor of uh, Greece, they always had uh, lettuce. Velo they always had radishes and onions, and but did Rebbe over overindulge in them? No. I, I tell you, Elijah, the, I, I want to let you know, people that overindulge, they die younger. But people that are very eat healthy, they're they're ultimately much more mobile and healthy. And it says Chizkiyahu which was supposed to be Mashiach. You remember that? It says Chizkiyahu was also never overindulging. Even though kings, you know, kings used to have access to other things that people would only dream of. But our leaders don't go to that disgusting, despicable, beast-like basic instinct. Because don't forget this. Our Chachamim say, Kedoshim, holiness, means abstination. That was the beginning of the chapter. Kedoshim to you, Perushim to you. What, what is one of the definitions and syn- synonyms of holiness? To, a lot of times, say no to physical pleasure, because that's a spiritual drug, you know what I mean? And, Ushara Ma'amarim says, so he says, he says, we brought so many different proofs that teach us that we shouldn't get trapped in the prison of overindulgence and obsession with our looks and our physical, because the Jew always invests. And I want to end off with something my um, my good friend, Rabbi Levi Chaim, the founding Rosh Kolel of the Yachad L.A. Kolel said, he said, What's, our body becomes bugs, right? When we, when they bury us, our body becomes dust and earth. But our neshama is forever and ever. But he said most people spend 95% of their time on their body, which is not eternal, it's futile, and they spend only five times, 5% of their time on their neshama. So the parush is the person that knows 
First of all, why waste time on stuff that is not eternal? Secondly, once you get obsessed and accustomed to overindulgence, it's very hard to go back and live a basic lifestyle. You, you, you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Yes, yes. Rabbi, didn't you have that relative with that? So may Hashem help us to always be holy. Holy means you have to have the courage and the integrity to say no to too much. Excessive luxury and pleasure leads to some very serious spiritual damage. Amen.